0: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon and welcome to the latest episode of Biblioscapes and Discussion. Today I've got the great pleasure of being joined by photographer David Tanner. Good evening David. Good evening. Thank you very much for joining me this evening and for giving up your time. Obviously we'll get on to talking about your recent publication From the Margins but before we get into talking about that David it would be great if you could give us all an introduction to your photographic background and journey.
1: Um, Well I'm a retired librarian originally from south wales but i lived and worked in yorkshire for about 35 years um took early retirement in 2012 and that's really when i began to concentrate more on my photography and mm. moved to france for five years uh spent five years in the auvergne um two and a half thousand foot up um, that was a that was an experience yeah um returned back to the UK in 2017 and settled in uh Northumberland for a variety of different sort of reasons um but I've been taking photographs since I was about 10 I got given a well I was bought for a birthday present a Kodak Brownie 127 in 1963 and that's when I started taking taking photographs back then um took photographs and you used cameras all the way through really the rest of the decades I can't remember what the only thing I can remember using because I've seen other people going on about them now in film uh, when they're using film is a, a Ricoh GX rangefinder which now seems to be a, a very sort of trendy yeah. item but, and I can remember it was a very good it was a very good camera but and uh, look at the price now I think oh maybe I should have kept mine yeah, I mean, okay. yeah. <laughs> Um so i bought my first dslr in 2009 which was an old canon 30d and i kept that for about six years and before that i'd done a bit of darkroom work um a couple of places where i lived there were sort of evening classes in in darkroom photography so i had some experience of using film but then as most people did moved over to to digital when that became more uh more affordable um I've sort of swapped around around different systems and camera systems, but for the last mm, three, or four years I've been on Fujifilm nope. and uh, I've been very happy with that. And really it wasn't until the last four or five years that I really began taking photography seriously and trying to get better and yeah. spending hours on YouTube looking at <laughs> <laughs> looking at videos, trying to trying to get things. Better and thinking. Well, how do I do that? Uh, and there's always a video on YouTube, isn't there? If you yeah. if you, if you want something, there's always something there. Which and luckily, because I've retired, I've had the time uh, to do all of all of this.
0: Very good, yeah. And as you say, with YouTube, you can wind away hour upon hour upon hour. Uh, looking through videos that you never even really needed to probably look through in the first instance, but yeah. it, it it sounds it sounds a wonderful journey. And as you say, you you can remember back to the sixties using a camera, and you've kind of come full circle again. And and now having a bit more bit more time available. Um, you're able to, I suppose, spend it on on probably more specific and set bodies of work. Uh, one of mm. which is obviously your recent publication from the margins. So yeah. I'm, kind of, I'm kind of really interested just to hear how how it all began um, and and where the idea for this came from.
1: Well, I've usually nowadays got um, you know two or three or more or sort of themes or projects on on the go at the time, and, and what I usually find is that. I'm not usually thinking of a project and then going out and photographing it. It usually emerges from batches of photographs. I'm looking through them on Lightroom after I've taken them and I begin to see that photographs are talking to each other, a sort of a theme emerges. And with the margins one, I mean, like a lot of people's projects lately, that came out of lockdown because, you know, we could only go a certain amount of, you know, for our, our daily walk, and in that, in that way, I'm lucky. I live in a, a very isolated village in Northumberland. It has one road that goes through it, and numerous footpaths. So every day, we were trudging up and down the lane and the and the footpath. And very soon, the sort of photographs I was taking began to change because you can only photograph the scene. You know what looked like a pretty scene. So many times, you, and you start to begin to look at what else is there, and what else you can uh, sort of get interested in, and what sort of speaks to you. So that's, I think, how that began. In that, I began to look at the landscape around me, and how mainly it's far, it's farmland. All of it has really been something which is not, it's not natural. It's been, <laughs> it's been farmed. Um, and wanted to look at that in a bit more detail um, and just to see exactly where that might take me as I went through that process of beginning to step away from the wider scheme and narrowing things down into specific details in the landscape
0: yeah yeah a lot more of the intimate landscape as opposed to the wide vistas which which, yeah. which you mentioned as well and at, at what point because obviously you mentioned that your your projects maybe aren't set out to be projects as such but the one once you see bodies of work and images that begin to work together then maybe something follows on that that allows you to kind of develop it down more of a a a fixed path at what point did you think that there was maybe a project here in terms of in terms of this this new way of looking at things
1: i think a lot of that came through the twitter community so i met some really good people on twitter gave me a, a lot of help and guidance seeing the sort of work that they were doing because when i looked at the photographs that i was taking and when i looked if you do a search on landscape photography, you, you get a sea of orange and blue, basically. <laughs> this is yeah. what, what you get. And all of these sort of hero locations. And I had a, a not a crisis of confidence, but sort of think, well, is what I'm doing any good? I'm doing this. Is this any good? Is this, am I really uh, taking some decent photographs? here are all not. And it was seeing some of the other people on Twitter who were taking some similar things to me. Gave me the confidence to go forward, and then a few of us moved—not off Twitter, but moved out of Twitter and formed a little group of our own. So, Ian Hill, Jeevan Carey, Yep, um, Ali, uh, and uh, oh, Matt Parker. A F- few of us formed a group which we meet up monthly, and we were all working in sort of similar ways and how we saw how we saw things anyway, and that group's been a really good help in sharing ideas and uh, also experience of producing photo books. And it was basically the group saying to me, look, you know, you've got a project here. There's yeah. a photo here, you know, if you want to do it.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. As you see, when you, when you start working with other people, that uh, that kind of give you a, a different view on your own work when they're they're not invested in in the in the images in the same way you are. They begin to see things in slightly different ways in terms of how images might work together. Um, and it's mm. great it's great that you've been able to kind of take the take the feedback and the encouragement from that group to to then move the project forward as opposed to just a body of work online, but to a, a physical published published mm. uh, book as well.
1: Mm. Hmm. i mean in the past i had done sort of like a just a book an annual book for myself you know where yeah. what i've taken photos. right that's 2022 that's 21 i've done that but i would never thought of doing something and getting it published myself and then you know getting people to to buy it you know because that was the, the first thing i i said uh when i was chatting this through with the uh, with the i said i've got this horrible uh case of um, i'm looking at this huge pile of books sitting in the corner of my room and no one's and no one's buying and no one's buying them you know And he said no 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 you'll it'll be fine it'll be fine and, okay and it, that led me on to just have to do a bit more um learning on how to use publishing software because i would not used that before so i've got infinity publisher so i had to learn how to use that that software which uh was interesting, you know. It's like it's just one of those things where you just have to put the hard yards in until you actually can do it. Now, now I know what to do, and now I know how to set it up. I could do another photo book a lot, and you know, a lot easier, and it'd be much more quick than than I do it than I did this time round because I had to spend so much time uh, learning software.
0: Yeah, and I I think that I think that comes I think that's the same for everyone. It's like, and the more and more you do these sorts of projects, be it, of any scale you begin to you pick up new ways of doing things you you find things that you'd maybe do slightly differently the next time and and it is all a learning process particularly when it comes to the software but uh, yeah once you've kind of got to got to grips with the main functionality that you need and and you can get a format that, that works well mm-hmm. for your work it may it makes it a lot easier um, and it allows you to spend more time than possibly preparing the body of work or sequencing the images and, and giving more Given more thought to those aspects of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was having trouble doing these like stupid things. I was having trouble sorting the images and and just rearranging them and stuff. And and then I suddenly looked at the software. Oh, if I if I slide this column over, suddenly they all I don't okay. just get two. I can get I can get five or six. Ah, oh, right. And I just hadn't I just hadn't seen it. And it was just a stupid thing. But I was I was looking at it, thinking, Well, how can I? And I thought, Well, actually, shouldn't that column? Yes. The column does move if you if you think about it. And, and, and as you can see, all the all the um, images are in black and white. And I spend most of the time photographing in black and white. Um, yeah. I just like the way you can concentrate on the, the subject, the texture, the tone mm-hmm. of a particular image without the distraction of color getting in the way and I can set my camera up so it's you it's so they it's showing in black and white uh in the EVF so that also is a great help yeah. uh, in when when I'm when I'm doing it
0: yeah yeah absolutely and I suppose at the time that you you thought there's a project there and you, you kind of had the encouragement from from the group that you group that you're with as well what was kind of your next step to do that? Did did you have enough images at that stage to make it up? Or did you think, well, actually, there's maybe some more images that I want to go and photograph? And, and how, how did you kind of take it from, from a thought process in, into like mm. more about a, a, an initial draft, I suppose?
1: Well, that was the problem, you see, because you always think there's always a better photograph around the corner. Or tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> I'll be able to take a better photograph of that. And tomorrow, and so... I admit there was a, a lot of procrastination at first because actually get, getting down to hard-headedly say, right, no, there are now enough images. You've got many more images that you can possibly get into a photo book. You've now just got to stop, stop taking any more and just sort through what you have. So um, I just used one of those free print services yep. uh, where they'll print off 50 photos for you free so i just did an initial selection of 50 sent those off got those printed got got those back and then the usual clear the kitchen table job and uh sort them all out onto the table um and again read some things on sequencing watched a couple of videos about sequencing and then worked on worked on that on putting something together um i knew that i had some more general scenes i knew that i had some more abstract scenes and i sort of wanted it to make it a bit of a journey as the walk is every day and that you know you're going out and you're going through and then maybe you're concentrating on some specific things and then coming back out at the end at the end of the walk so that's that was the vague idea i had but after that, it was mainly seeing how the images, if you're having a double page spread, you know, how those two images, which you'd see each time, would talk to each other as you went through. And that was the hardest part. And that's when some images, even though I'd originally selected them, I dumped yep. and then brought some other ones in. Because although I thought, well, that's a really good image by itself. I didn't think I could make it work within the actual selection that I was making, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I think it's always the I think it's always a key part for people when they're looking at making their own photo book. it's that you you might find that some of the strongest images is work well with standalone images, but they don't actually contribute as much no. as one one might expect to sequence, but yeah, at the same time, the images that you think. Well, I wouldn't necessarily put that on my wall, really bring together and can and can and can help so much with the flow of of the body of work. And and I think, yeah, as you say, it's like I do the same as well myself. I just print small wee two inch by two inch contact okay. images out on a big sheet of A three, cut them up, put them on the on my cutting mat and then I spend weeks, months, years, just tweaking them around in different orders and just seeing how things work, coming back to a few days later and all of a sudden something that you didn't see before jumps out at you straight away it might be good it might be bad but um it just lets your lets your mind settle and your eye settle on these things and as, as part of the sequencing aspect of it obviously it's always challenging i think you can you can get to the point that you never actually stop sequencing did you seek feedback from your group in terms of how the how they felt the flow was obviously i know a couple of names from there um have done quite a bit of publishing themselves so did they contribute and, get, and give you some feedback on, on how you were getting on
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I did an initial sort of PDF up and said well look this is what this is how it's looking and um I immediately had a reply back you know you've repeated an image don't you I went what I've repeated it <laughs> oh God yeah so I have okay <laughs> let's sort that out so that was <clears throat> that was very useful but as you said it took me I did an initial sort and then put them away and didn't look at them for about a fortnight yeah Yeah, before I took them back out again and then looked again. And it was when I was looking the second time that I saw some of the individual images, which were, as they were, very good images, but they weren't working within the sequence. And you have to get a flow of different types of photographs. And I didn't want all close-ups. I didn't want all uh, landscapes, you know. Uh, I wanted a mix of all the different sorts of photography I'd done uh, in this area. So that as well meant that some things were out because there were just too many, Like you know, how many photographs of umbels can you have? Quite a lot, I suppose. (laughs) Or or of uh, different parts of a cornfield. I had to just cut down and bring it down and make sure there was a range of uh, different subjects across the whole of the book.
0: Yeah, and and you make a good point there. It's like as you say, how many images can you have of the same thing? And I and I think it it can often get to the point that actually less is more in some instances, and, and actually it just makes the whole sequence that bit tighter. And um there's a few bit there's I think there's always the there's always the risk that, that someone thinks, well, I could just squeeze in an extra ten images or so. And I think you need to ask yourself as you've done it's like does this actually add to it? If it doesn't, then mm. do, do I need it in? Do people need to see a, a dozen images of the same beach, or a dozen? Unless images that's the, the
1: whole. Unless that's the point of the book, you know. If, Absolutely. If, yeah, if yeah. the point of the book is taking one particular thing, many images is it fair enough? But
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 did you did you find once you'd gone through the sequencing that uh, that you'd begun to you'd begun to look at your images slightly differently as well than. How how you might have envisaged it working out to start with?
1: Um yeah, so I stuck with the initial thing of it being a bit of a journey yep. through, but I definitely made some different decisions about which photographs I thought would go would go with each other with each other with each other. And some things which I thought were a bit too uh, in your face, and I thought, oh no, that that actually is, is working. If I have those two together, they work well as a pair, even though they're very similar photographs. Because there's a couple of some uh, blackthorn branches, I think, which I've got where where similar photographs, but I just like the way they work together when they were a pair on the on the page.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I like the I like the 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 nice sequence you've got as well of the grasses. Uh, just yeah. just different textures different light as well works really nice and also this sequencing with the with the with the fences which I think is really nice when you mm. when you talk about like from the margins very much at the at the margin of 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 the fields in the area and I think yeah just throwing in some of the walls as well so I think yeah the, for me the sequence works really well I think the re- images are really nice and um, and, and there's there's a nice natural flow to them and, and I, I I personally like black and white and I think it works the subject matter works really nicely mm. in the black and white you get the lovely variation of the tones as well and also the contrast between the mm. between between subject matters
1: yeah it I wanted some sort of consistent consistency across the uh photograph so I did a, a lightroom pre i made up a lightroom preset and as my base i applied yeah. that preset to every photograph so all of them should have as the as a base a similar start point. yeah yeah starting point and then adjusted according to the in- individual photos because what i didn't want was a huge variety in how the tones looked across the, the book i think you know i think they they it Flows the same throughout most of the, the photographs.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think it. I think it works really well. And it, I, as you say, it's a when you're working with black and white, there's a bit more control. When you're working with color, you can really be challenged with some of the tones that you have mm-hmm. from a, a very broad range of colors. And even just the slightest tweak in a, in a in a set of in a wee series of images within a book can really begin to jar. Whereas I think there's maybe a bit more. A bit more flexibility with black and white to a certain extent but at the same time you really need to be careful particularly with the, the a variety of subject matter which always which always makes it challenging as well and and how, how did how did you find the actual publishing aspect of of the of the book Do, was it an exciting and nervous period as you waited for, nervous, for, the co- for the copies to come through
1: yes i mean well yeah I tried a couple of different platforms and the the first thing to learn was each platform wants things differently, you know, so one platform wanted individual PDFs for back covers and front covers and another one wanted them both on one. So I had to learn that. Okay. And then uh, I had the problem with the first lot that came through all had a horrible blue cast all over the photographs. So (laughs) I then had to get in contact with the, with the publishers and say, well, look, yeah. you know, the printers and say, this isn't right. You know, they, 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 they shouldn't be this horrible blue cast. And I sent them some examples uh, by email. And to be fair to them, they immediately said, oh, no, that's that's wrong. That's our, that's our mistake. And they did a reprint, sent it out. And it was it was fine. But it's something other people in the group have had issues with the very same thing. With black and white getting casts on the uh, on their, their prints, and they've come. So we've been discussing with the the printers exactly how they want the PDFs presented to them, and exactly what choices we should be making in the uh, the software to output a PDF which is going to be correct for how they then print yep. it.
0: Well, that that's it. And I think every printer is very different. That's the yeah. that's the other challenge as well. And you you're working what one printer needs in terms of their settings can be very different from what yeah. another printer needs within their settings, which just adds to the, the complexity of of trying to do it um, and making sure that actually what you get back in 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 paper copy is actually what you want to be represented mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. relative to what you you expect your images to look like.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and has it given you as as publishing from the margins given you a bit of motivation to maybe look at some of your other work in the same form of yeah. printed output?
1: I think so. I've, I mean, I've got a couple of other things on the go at the the moment, and I think one of them in particular, I think, could be worked up into something I could publish. But you know, that's going to be a uh, it's going to take a while. I mean, this this has taken this is like three years of. Of photographs, really. Before yep. I got to a point where I thought I was okay, so again, I'll have to uh, just keep going and see when I get to this. At the moment, I definitely haven't got enough. <laughs> I need, I need, uh, I need more uh, for what I'm doing. But um, the the experience hasn't put me off. I'm definitely keen, you know, to do, you know, to do more.
0: Yeah, that that's it. And I think that's the important thing. And at least now you you've having been through the process, you you know what's involved. You know what things work you know what might not work so well for you so i suppose you go and bet if you're going into you're going better informed with a clearer understanding of right okay well i know i've got so many images but actually i probably need another so many in order to have a big enough pool to choose from that i can then begin to whittle it down and i'll then end up with something that's that's a a meaningful scale for 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 the body of work that i'm talking about because not everything needs to be 40 50 60 images long some of yeah. my favorite books i've got 10 images in it and they work equally as well particularly yeah. when they're particularly when the body works strong and and well sequenced as well yeah
1: yeah yeah that's uh very fair
0: and i'm always very very interested to know having been a, a been a big uh, photo book zine etc collector myself what uh, what some of your favorite photo books are from your own collection because mm-hmm. i've always find it interesting to see how they relate or don't relate to the sort of work that you you photograph yourself which is a very much black and whites black and whites i'll be interested to see if it's a full color selection or if there's some uh, black and white choices in there as well uh
1: um well um first one is uh can you see it? no i can't no nope. ah it's it's a uh, very uh oh. godwin Faye Godwin's, uh, yeah, it's Faye Godwin's Land. Ah, yes. Um, very, very, very many years ago in the 1980s, I saw an exhibition of Faye Godwin's, I think at the Brewery Arts Centre in Kendal. I think that's what it was. And I think it was on one of her projects to do with the coastal, the coastal path around... Oh, okay around uh around there but i was really struck by it it really it really hit me forgot all about her forgot all about her but then when i started to get more involved in my own photography and i started doing some research and looking at looking at uh, other people you know who have done things it, it was her i thought oh, i remember i remember that <laughs> that fake godwin and so i started looking at her work and it just really spoke to me, really, I mean, it was it was black and white. It was looking at the landscape in a different Wait. in a different way. Uh, it was also looking at how, uh, really, we had interacted with the landscape in certain not not great ways, you know. Yeah. And that was that was one. I've also got the um, the Elmet book with Ted Hughes, uh, yeah. which uh, which again is an an excellent book. So that was my you know first pick. Good, good choice. <laughs> Secondly, the the monstrously heavy and huge Don McCullen landscape. Um and that I think because it well, it gave me confidence in, in in looking at the sort of topics that he was choosing and the way he was photographing. Some of these are incredibly dark, you know, he's using mostly film and it's um X, isn't it? I think, you know, which is a very grainy, very grainy film stock. And, you know, it looks, it looks fantastic. And <clears throat> again, I just love the way he looked at the landscape and the way he was out in very stormy conditions. And um, it's a terribly gloomy book. You know, there's, a, it's, there's not much, not much light in there. It's, it's uh, all dense shadows, dark blacks, and i i quite like i quite like that in heavily contrasty work and that. Yeah. And so different to what he's known for.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Which is, you know, the the the, the war work. Yeah, yeah.
0: but it, it lets you see that anything you do is, anything that you do goes. There's nothing which is no. There's nothing which is bad or nothing which shouldn't be done. As far as I'm concerned, anything goes as yeah. as, as long as it sits. As long as it sits together, and as a photographer, you, an artist, you enjoy, you enjoy it, you like it yourself. That's that's the fundamental part yeah.
1: for me yeah. that I
0: that I can see.
1: Um, next one is uh, Al Bryden, yeah, um, which is uh, it's hard to read because it's black on black. Even the birds were afraid to fly. Which um, that I like because I've been doing some work in film again recently it seems like strange that i was doing film decades ago and i've done some more work in film recently and uh it's like really hard you know it's not it's 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 not easy at all yeah. i mean i don't i don't do you know develop myself I, I i send it all off and and that but compared to digital god it's so hard and <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I admired what he what he what he'd done, and I, I liked his his, his little, uh, well, the way he would he, half the photos up with that line that goes down it. It, it. it, it, when I first saw it, I thought, "What's he doing? Why has he done this? What's he, what's he done there?" But it, it, it all became obvious as he went through and as he read about why he, why he'd made that decision to sort of section the photos in that, in that way, which sort of makes them a. A diptych, but not quite. Yes, indeed. Not quite. Not quite.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a lovely book, Uh, Mm. really really nicely produced as well. I'm a big fan of Albright and stuff, so it's always nice. It's always nice and interesting to see what he's been what he's been up to. I think I've got a couple of his books probably, but yeah, it was nice to see something come out in a in a a bigger hardback format from from Mm. books and
1: that one, and all this stuff. And I mean, the the photographs in there all gave me confidence and sometimes when i do more abstract work then it's like it's all right it doesn't you don't have to be able to see what things are straight straight away you know you can just go you can just go for a mood and a texture and if the photograph's good enough it's enough
0: Yeah? yeah absolutely it's like and sometimes there's something quite nice about leaving a, a certain aspect to the imagination of what mm. it means to one person means something entirely different to the other person and, yeah. and, and I, I quite like that you don't necessarily need to know what the answers are to everything straight away no. um and and you can come to your own conclusion as to what you see um but yeah it's, it's all about if the image works if if there's one abstract in in, in, a, in a sequence that that of which none of the others are abstract, then it maybe doesn't work as well. But when but when it's sequenced correctly with with complementary yeah. images around, then yeah, I, I think it can it, it all works from my perspective, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um two more. So this is um Ian Hill's valid *Diction*. Yeah. Now I've got a lot of admiration for Ian's work because he has a way with words which I'll yeah. never have. And it's just the way he puts the images and the words together, which I I find so so inspiring. And we cover a lot of similar ground in actual subject matter, you know, which is why we've got on and why we communicate a lot. But uh, it's just the way he can put text and uh, photographs together. I think is the most inspiring.
0: Yeah, and they're really nicely printed and published as well. I yeah. always, always really like to see what Ian's up to, um, which is always good.
1: And finally, which is something which I think Ian recommended when he was on this podcast, which is right. Sally Mann's Hold Still, or I've, or I've heard him talk about it, right? Um. Which is, a, it's called a memoir of photographs. So, whether it counts as a photo book, I don't know, but there's as many, there is as many, as many photos in here as you get in, in some photo, in some photo books. Yep. And also the, the, the storytelling in here and her sort of autobiography and, and autobiography and, uh, how she grew up in the, in the American South is just a, such a marvelous, marvelous read. Yeah. And the way she takes photographs is just a crazy way, you know, with 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 some ludicrously ludicrously large equipment, and still taking photographs of her family and children as they as they run around. I mean, the most of us would just would pick up the, the easiest camera we had to do it, but no, no, she has this huge camera, and that's what she's going to take take the pictures with
0: yeah absolutely and in fact just looking back yeah ian ian did mention hold still by salam he also mentioned don and faye godwin and ted hughes as well so there 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 you are it just it just shows you the similarities uh similarities between two but it 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 shows where there's a connection and where there's Mm. where there's similar interests and and and, and influences perhaps as well yeah Um, but yes it's always interesting to see it just what what influences other people because it opens your eyes to different names different photographers that you can go and artists that you can go and explore that might take you down a different track and just open your eyes to something slightly different that you hadn't thought about or come across or considered uh considered in the past
1: yeah because it's a style of photography which i wouldn't you know which i wouldn't i don't sort of or haven't done portraits or Mm -hmm. you know family photographs and stuff and stuff like that and that's what she's sort of made a name with so it was entirely entirely different sort of style of photography but as you say sometimes it's good to get away from what you do and look at something entirely different because you can still get ideas from how she's framing the subject what she what she's looking at that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You get ideas and you can take inspiration. It's, it's fra- from any form of photography, in my view, it doesn't need to be what you shoot yourself and I mm-hmm. think that's particularly what's what's so enjoyable about it. And ev- even just ideas in terms of sequencing and how someone has has, has presented images on, on a page as well, because mm-hmm. you'll know from yourself, from doing, from doing your own, own book, that well, there's a million different ways. Do you centre the image perfectly? Do you put it out to one side? Do you People who like to spread them over double page spread, etc. How how, how and, and that that's a whole a whole skill set in itself. So I always find it quite interesting just looking through other people's works to see how it's maybe been sequenced, particularly when it's probably there's maybe been assistance from editors or or book designers as well. In terms of how they've decided, yeah. well, actually, this is an interesting way to l- lay out this this subject matter or these ratio of images work well in this format or that format. So, um, it's always interesting that you can then take and develop in your own work when, you're when you're coming across your next body of work in a published book.
1: Because that 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 uh, from the margins originally started out in A five format, right? Which, which someone pointed out to me wasn't working. Because they just said the they were just too small. Yeah, see, I had two two of those squares on each A five page. Yeah, and they, small. they were just too small, and so in the end, I just went for that square format, and I I think it did the photographs justice. Which in the A five format, I don't think it they would have would have been done justice at all.
0: Yeah. Do you, large, do you predominantly shoot square images, or yeah, uh, yeah? Because I, I noticed, certainly looking through that, I think that it's very much predominantly square, with a few that maybe are are they're the
1: are film last. one. If it's if it's three by two, they're the, they're the ones which are film,
0: right? Okay, there we go. And if
1: it's square, it's digital. It's yeah. digital. Well, that have camera set up to square square yeah. format in the EVF, so I'm I'm framing you know in it's... camera how I how I want it.
0: Yeah, yeah, which, all, which I think always helps. I, I shoot square as well when it's mm. framed and cropped in camera, which suits me down to round. I know some people prefer that you can then crop it down later and post processing and stuff like that. I quite like that It gives me a raw file instead where because it saves me having to do that myself, um, yeah. and I can just can just start working on it straight away. Um, but no, it's 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 been a pleasure chatting to you about about your about your book and your your whole experience of going through and, and publishing and publishing your body of work and just how you've kind of taken influence and encouragement from from people who who know your work. I've have, have been through that path before and I'm I'm very curious to see when you bring out your next book and, and how you maybe take something that you've you've done learned developed from this one into mm. into the next one because I think that's how we all kind of progress and pick up new ideas and new ways of doing things yeah yeah great and yeah thank you very much for your time David it's been a real pleasure
1: thanks very much Amy. thank Cheers. you for this